The question is, are you ready? This is The Drive with Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad. You are on a Thursday drive. Our first guest to kick off day two of ACC kickoff will be Dave Clawson, who will drop by our set in 15 minutes. And among the questions I'm sure he's been asked all day today, centers on news that broke last night. I got a text from Wake Forest saying, quote, Wake Forest football team will be without wide receiver Donovan Green, linebacker Chase Monroe, and offensive lineman Javante Nash for the 2021 season due to injuries sustained in the offseason. These three young men will play a key role off the field this season, and they will work towards a speedy recovery and will be safe in their recovery. Okay. From what I'm hearing, these the, the injuries to Donovan Green, they are significant. It might even be something that leads into 2022 without getting into the specifics of what the injury is. Broadly speaking about Wake Forest in 2021, I think this changes the way I look at the Deacons. They have too many leaks in the boat, I think, heading into this season. And as we've known about Wake Forest for a very long time now, they are not the type of program that can survive that many blows to the body. When Dave Clawson first arrived on the job, his strategy was, we're going to recruit freshmen, but they're not going to play immediately. We're going to redshirt them for a year, and that's going to be our approach so that our roster is older than most of the rosters in the Atlantic Coast Conference. If we can't beat you by sheer athletic ability, we're going to beat you with our experience, with our craftiness, with our system. Wake Forest offense is a lot different than anybody else's offense in this league. And to Dave Clawson's credit, it's worked. And it's worked pretty damn well to the point where they have this long bowl streak going now. And that's very important to Wake Forest fans. This year, the bowl streak's in doubt. The most in doubt it's been in close to five years. Because when you look at this Deacon roster, depth is usually a given... Not this year. At running back, you do have a really solid option. Somebody I voted to be preseason All-ACC in Christian Beal-Smith. The numbers back it up. It's also not a really strong running back year when Travis Etienne isn't coming back. Javante Williams nor Michael Carter's coming back at North Carolina. And there are a few others I can name there. After Christian Beal-Smith, who do you got? Wake Forest was known for having these deep running back rooms. If it wasn't this guy, you're going to go to this one. Kenneth Walker is a Michigan State Spartan. He's not at Wake anymore. So after you get past CBS, you're looking at Justin Justice Ellison, who I've heard some good things about, and maybe Warren Ruggiero can scheme it up that he's just as effective as some of these other backs Wake Forest has had. But it's not just the running back position. How about wide receiver? Now that you don't have Donovan Green anymore, then you're going to be relying on Jaquari Roberson. Once you get past Roberson, though, who is it? Taylor Marin? He's pretty good, but Wake Forest is known to have more depth, more experience, 
More age by design. That is how they've won at Wake Forest. And this year it's going to struggle. This is not a program that does really well with replacing NFL talent. You lose Boogie Basham, who's a top two round pick. Robert, I do have that right. Where did Boogie Basham end up getting drafted? Uh, to the Buffalo Bills, I believe. That was in the second round? Correct, yes. So you lose a second round draft pick. And one of the other players, Nash, that was mentioned in the text that I received. He was set to be their starting right tackle. When you look at the offensive line and running back and wide receiver and D-line, Wake Forest isn't as deep as they normally are in areas that are generally a strength for them. So I have massive concerns about them going into 2021. And the big reason I think this is really going to hurt Wake, especially this year, not just on the fundamental level, but specifically in 21, the way that the schedule lied out for them. Wake Forest, if they don't start 5-1 and one this year, I don't think they get to a bowl game. They're going to have to start 5-1, and one, I believe, to have a shot. And I think they can do that, for the record. I think they can get to 6-6. Six and six. That's where I have Wake Forest finishing the season. Old Dominion at home, Norfolk State at home, Florida State, home game. First three weeks are at home. You're at Virginia, Louisville and Scott Satterfield, who's a guest on today's show, going to be visiting Winston-Salem. And you're at Syracuse going into the bye on October 16th. If Wake Forest is not 5-1, and one, at that point, I don't know if they're going to qualify for a bowl game. Because you really start feeling the attrition when you get close to Halloween. When you start looking down the stretch of the season. And without any breaks in between, this is the Deacons' schedule, the final five games of the year. Make it the final six games of the season. Wake is at Army. Incredibly physical team that you have to deal with. They are home to Duke. They are at North Carolina. They are home to NC State. They're at the Clemson Tigers at Boston College. Those are the final six games for the Deacons. I don't know what the roster is going to look like by the time you get there. It's going to require a lot of roster management. They didn't get any breaks with their schedule. As soon as I got that breaking news yesterday, I thought, man, it was already going to be more difficult than a year ago for Wake Forest. Depth is a major issue, and that's always a primary concern from a roster management standpoint for Dave Clawson. We'll talk with Coach Clawson about a myriad of different things, issues in college football and otherwise, in about 10 minutes when he drops by. Let's not forget, he is the chair among coaches on Jim Phillips' football subcommittee that they put together. So college football playoff expansion and other issues facing the conference, he is very qualified to answer. I've just submitted my ACC preseason poll. I put it up on Twitter. You can find it at Josh Graham Radio. All the teams or all the players that I've picked for all ACC and the order of finish I have in the Atlantic and the Coastal Division. Real quickly going down some of those lists here. 
in the Atlantic Division, it's pretty chalky. You know, I have no issue being a chalk guy if that's in fact how it's supposed to be. I see Clemson winning the Atlantic and also the ACC. NC State finishing second. I think they're the second best team in the in the Atlantic, and I don't even think there's that close of a gap between two and three. Louisville, I think, is the third best team in the league. Some might be surprised by that. I think COVID really hurt them last year. You got your quarterback back, more depth on the offensive line than they're used to. BC schedule is not so great, so I have no problem favoring Louisville over BC. Wake Forest, I have it fifth in the conference, still slightly above Florida State because I think with that game being in Winston-Salem, they'll have the edge. And Syracuse, I don't even know if they win a game in the Atlantic. I've got a feeling Dino Babers might be looking for a job sometime soon. I do have a feeling, based on talking to a lot of people here at kickoff, I might be the only person tasked with picking on this uh, preseason poll who picked Pittsburgh to win the Coastal Division. I've got a real sneaky feeling North Carolina is going to be the preseason pick to win the Coastal. 95% sure of that. Most people I talk to have the Tar Heels. You might hear Miami from time to time. I'm still not so sure about De'Eric King's knee. I don't know if the tight end Will Mallory is quite as good as Brevin Jordan. And defensively speaking, as good as the secondary might be up front, you're going to be missing Greg Rousseau, and you're going to be missing uh, the other first-round draft pick that they had, Jalen Phillips, who went to the Dolphins. That's going to be really tough for Miami to replace. Pittsburgh, I like the schedule. I know they have Clemson on it, but uh, I think 9-3 and three wins the Coastal. And North Carolina plays Pittsburgh late in the season, on the road, Heinz Field, Thursday night, short week. It, it just seems like a pit win. It's almost like this game is played every year, it feels like, in normal seasons. At Pittsburgh on a Thursday night, Pittsburgh has the advantage in these types of games. I'm going with Pitt to win the Coastal, North Carolina second, Miami third, Virginia Tech fourth. I don't know if it's enough wins for Justin Fuente to keep his job. He probably has to win eight games to just have a shot. I don't know if that gets him there. Duke fifth in the Coastal Division, Virginia sixth, Georgia Tech seventh. Note this if you think I'm crazy for picking Pitt over North Carolina. I've given this stat before, but it's one that raises eyebrows anytime someone's surprised when I say I pick Pitt to win Coastal. Ten years there's been a Coastal Division. The last ten years, so taking away last year, the media has gotten it wrong seven times in the preseason. So we know North Carolina is going to be the pick next week when it's announced on Packer and Durham. Who else can win it? I think Pitt makes a lot of sense. I think they do it at 9-3. and three. I like some of the linebackers they have. You have a good defensive coach. I think you can replace some of that. Uh, some of the, two, the losses they've had, two defensive players to the NFL on the line. And offensively, your two best running backs back. Uh, Jordan Addison at wide receiver. Hey, Robert, did you know I'm a Bolitnikoff voter? I did, but does anybody there at ACC kickoff know that? You just want to scream that at the top oh, of your lungs? When I'm, a guest, when I'm a guest on other people's show, I drop that. Like, I was on a gambling show not too long ago that's here, and I was on Clemson Radio, and, and, and I dropped that line. They seem very impressed when I do so. so you probably don't sure have to hear it all the time like I do. Yeah, you got to needle that in there. Jordan Addison, a key player to watch for. Oh, and I forgot to mention, Pitt has their starting quarterback coming back. That's kind of a big deal, too. So that's what I've got in the ACC predicted order of finish. 
I do have three Demon Deacons finishing all ACC. Jaquari Roberts, uh, Roberson. Since there's no Donovan Green and you lose some guys from last year as well, Sam Hartman, who's he going to be targeting a lot? It's going to be Roberson, who the oldest room. Christian Beal Smith, similar thought. No Kenneth Walker. Some questions with Justice Ellison. A lot of carries. He's probably the best returning running back across the league. And kicker, Nick Skiba, who's better than him? He might be the best kicker in America. You can make an argument for that. So I have that uh, in my preseason All-ACC list. My player of the year is Sam Howe. However, I would understand it if you pick DJ Uwe Ungalale, who's been a big hit today. Walking around, he's got... How would you describe what he had around his neck, Cole? Uh, wasn't it like big, like... Big Cinco. Big Cinco, yeah, that's what it was. It was bling, Robert. It probably weighed about five or six pounds. I mean, that's a nice chain. It was. No socks. He looked good. Big Cinco is pretty damn big. Uh, you know, when Sam Howe walks past you, you're like, oh, wait, that's Sam Howe? Gotcha. When Big Cinco walks by, eh. You're not wondering why they call him Big Cinco. For the first time in nearly two years, we'll interview Dave Clawson face-to-face next on The Drive. Although his mind is still as sharp as ever, he occasionally has trouble seeing small print and needs the assistance of a handheld ferret to read letters. This is The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Now, this is a throwback, and it is Thursday. <laughs> Usually, every other week during football season, we talk to our next guest when he was the head coach of the Mountaineers. Of course, the head coach of the Cardinals, Al. It is Scott Satterfield joining us here. Being that you've been away from Boone now for just a few years, what are some things you found that you missed that maybe you didn't appreciate so much when you were there for the previous few decades? Well, I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't say I, I didn't know about them because I, I knew I would miss them when I left. But, uh, you know, obviously the summers <laughs> up in the high country, uh, the weather is tremendous. Um, although, we, you know, we do still have our home there. And uh, we came back for a week there in the high country, which was tremendous. Um, you know, uh, probably uh, the fact that, you know, I didn't have, you didn't have to get on a highway in Boone to go to work every day. You know, you, know, you, you live in Louisville now. You live in a city and you have to get on the highway and uh, – Cars are flying on the highway and people are trying to get to work. And, uh, you know, so that, that commute was a little bit different there um, in the hot country. And, uh, but, yeah, you know, it was a great time there at App State. And, obviously, uh, anytime you spend 23 years somewhere, you're going to miss it and, uh, you know, miss, miss the comfort of it. I think we've talked about this before. I, I went to East Carolina, and Greenville is just a purely college town that has football ingrained in it. Boone is very much mm. that way. And I think – they're rare that way. Boone and Greenville is college towns, football-centric and such. So when you're looking at Boone and you still go back to visit, what, what are some of the things that make it special to you? You know, it's, you know, it's different there. Uh, in, unless you've ever lived there, you don't understand. And if you have lived there, you do. You get it. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a place you have to be going to. You, you, you're not riding by like on 85 or 40. You know, you can ride by some of these towns. You know, you, you got to go drive to Boone if you want to go to Boone. You know, it's uh, it's not a, it's not one of those drive-by t- kind of towns. And and once you're there and you're in there and you live there, you know, you just get a sense of peace and tranquility there. You know, it's uh, it's a safe town, safe environment. 
Um, you know, there's not, you know, it depends on what you like. There's not a ton of nightlife or any of that kind of stuff, but if you like the outdoors, it's a great place to be. And, uh, and so that's the piece that, that, that you obviously like and uh, that we like about, we like about there uh, in the high country. And there's a lot of great people, you know, a lot of great people there, you know, but there's a lot of great people everywhere. Um, I think too, it's all, it's all what you, what you want to surround yourself with. And, um, you know, we've been able to do that at Louisville. There's a lot of great people in Louisville as well. And, you know, we're excited about, you know, what we got going on at Louisville and, uh, you know, now we've kind of expanded a little bit now. So, you know, you got uh, we got a great foundation there in the high country in Boone, and now, now we're working on that in, in Louisville as well. So it's uh, two great spots. It is. Scott Satterfield, Louisville head coach, joining us here in Charlotte. I don't think we've had a chance to talk to you since Eli left to go to Missouri and App State alum and your former assistant, yep. Sean Clark, has been the head coach for the Mountaineers yeah. after year one. Yeah. And boy, what a year one to take over for. Yeah. <laughs> what advice have yeah. you given, Sean? Yeah. Well, you know, just be who you are, you know, is what I've always said, you know, and he's, he's given me that advice too, uh, you know, many years ago as well. But uh, you got to be who you are in this profession. You can't try to be somebody you're not, you know, and, and Clark is, he's black and gold through and through. He's, uh, you know, he loves App State and, and, and always has and always will. And he's going to give everything he has for that program, and he, and he does. Um, you know, he's a good good person. I think it starts with that. And, you know, and he's surrounded himself with a lot of good coaches. Um, you know, he just hired uh, Frank Ponce, who has been with me for, for many, many years, to be the offensive coordinator there. And I know Ponce will do a great job uh, calling their offense uh, this year. Um, you know, Dale Jones, who was with us at Louisville, he's back running the defense there now at, at App State. So, uh, you know, a lot of the guys there, um, you know, obviously know all those guys, and, and, and they're going to be loaded again this year. I mean, they're going to have a great team. That defense is loaded offensively. they got a lot of talent. All the receivers, the receivers have been there at least 10 years now. I yeah, mean, since you were there. Yeah, I know. Thomas Hennigan and Malik, uh, and, and those guys uh, are great players. You know, I guess they got to get a new quarterback this year. But uh, they're going to be fun oh, to yeah. watch, man. They're going to be here in Charlotte, you know, first game against your alma mater. Oh, man. <laughs> so – you, it's past the statute of limitations, I think. You're no longer there, so I think you could speak honestly. Let's talk series. ECU, let's just run through things. Yeah. ECU app, is that a series that should happen every year? I, I like it. I think it should be really – it is. You, you, you got the East Coast, you got the West Coast. You helped schedule that yeah. series. Oh, yeah. yeah, we were part of that and, uh, and, and love it. You know, I think, I think uh, it's just great for the state of North Carolina. You know, I mean, you got you know, one side of the state, then the other side of the state, you got two programs. You know, back when East Carolina made the jump uh, to, to 1A, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, whatever they call it, you know, we were 1AA back then, and then now App State made the jump, and now we're, we're on a level playing ground now. Let's play each other every year, you know, and I think uh, I think that would be a great series to, to continue and start up. And, you know, and I think I think the administration there at, at both schools probably would like to do that. I mean, I think you got to play some of these non-conference games anyway. It's an easy travel trip, and so let's get that thing going. Did it frustrate you how hard it was to schedule North Carolina NC State and the ACC schools because you didn't get a chance to coach that game yeah. that Eli won in Chapel yeah. Hill. Yeah, it was difficult, you know, because at App, you know, we had so much success. You know, a lot of these teams didn't want to play, you know, at App State because it's kind of, you know, what are they, what are they going to win by that? You know, they're supposed to win when they don't, though. It looks bad, you know. So, so it's always hard to schedule those games, um, you know. And and then you know they did, you know. And then we left, and then Eli was able to, you know, they won the North Carolina, South Carolina as two big games and. You know, those teams were ripe. I, I knew the year that we – the year after I left, I knew they were going to be loaded, like whoever they brought in to be the coach because there's so – all the players are back. You know, we had a great year. And uh – 
you know, it's this great tradition there, and it's in the DNA. The kids expect to win, and it's and it'll, hopefully it'll always be that way. Have you and Vince over the last few years ever had a conversation with Doug about potentially scheduling App State at Louisville? No, we haven't. You know, and um, you know, and I'm sure App's always looking for games. They would probably welcome to play um, play that game. You know, and I don't I don't know that I'm. Looking, I would not look forward to that. So, uh, you know, I'm going to try You brought to, ACC teams to that building. I, Miami I know, came in. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to kind of steer away from that. Uh, you know, that would, that would not be in, in my best interest personally, I don't think, to play that game. Let me ask one more question. Scott Satterfield here with us. You played and coached it at, as you mentioned, at a time when it was FCS, before yeah. you guys made the jump. And there are a lot of arguments both sides on the college football playoff. And one of the most popular ones is, well, in FCS, you can play more games. And then the coaches in the ACC and Power Five are, well, that's a totally different level. When you see this 12-team format and it being expanded a little wider, mm -hmm. potentially, where do you stand on it? Yeah, yeah I, I see it both ways. You know, I, I was there at App when we, when we played in the 16-team playoff and we won three national championships, so five, six, and seven. So, But I'm going to tell you, that, that that's a hard run now. We played 15 or 16 games during that time, and that you know, you got to stay healthy. you got to have some good things happen to you. It is a hard run to play that many games. And, you know, but – and here's the difference. Here's the big difference. At, at, at the SCS 1AA, you didn't have bowl games. So all you had, if you wanted to go to the postseason, was to play in the playoffs. It's different now at the Power Five level. We have bowl games, and, and these bowls are tremendous. You know, our first year at Louisville, we played in the Music City Bowl in Nashville. It was a tremendous experience. It was awesome. And now, if you bring in a 12-team playoff, you know, what is that going to do with the other bowls? You know, to me, that's, the, that's the, the scary part of this thing. You don't want to lose these bowls. These bowls in this postseason is tremendous for these student athletes. So um, that's the thing that I would worry about. It does give more access to 12 teams. We'd have more access for teams. Uh, it's still extremely difficult to get in those top 12 teams. I mean, extremely difficult. So uh, I can see both sides of it. Um, you know, I just want what's best for college football, you know, and I, and I don't want to lose the bowls, and, and I, that would be my worry. You know you have a lot of friends in the triad. Yep. We still have carried App State for a while. And uh, it's good to see you in person, yeah. to hear your voice. Good luck this year, and appreciate the time in the triad. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, I missed my time there in the Carolinas. Uh, a bunch of great people here. Um, you know, and always love my Mountaineers. But uh, great to see you, and, uh, you know, hope to see you soon. Yeah, he is a locker room divider. He can be a problem. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. <laughs> There's a lot going on right now. As Darren Vaught has stopped by our set, he's been doing a lot of engineering for us this week. And here he is just bopping his head to some pop punk. That's what Darren's all about. Was that Paramore? No, that was Grayscale. They dropped a new track today called Dirty Bombs, and I planted that with Robert. Of course you did. It's a, it's a, it slaps. And, and it's we've good. got a very special guest because Darren, eh. It's that. <laughs> uh, Semi-special. That's fine. We've I, got I, I, former XII sports reporter and try, anchor Chris Lee joining us, and he has a plate of food in front of him. What are we eating? What's on the menu right now, Chris Lee? Uh, well, you know I'm vegan. So I had to get the um, the little vegetable vegetable medley they had, then the rice with the black eyed peas inside of it, and um, they only had ranch. So there's no, you know, dressing down there without um, dairy in it for me. So I'm just gonna have plain salad. So 
He has a plain salad. We're about to play the movie game. Before we play the movie game, tell me your favorite story when you were a wrestler and Robert Walsh was once upon a time in the triad, your wrestling referee. There are so many. And I'm sure he can remind me of some that I maybe have forgotten. But Robert is just the type of person where you could be in a very serious moment in a match. You're supposed to show that baby face fire. And he can come up to you as a referee and just do a little boop on your nose right there. And you're trying not to laugh and break your character. I love the imagery (laughs) of Robert booping someone on the nose mid-wrestling match. Acts like he's going to come check on you, make sure you're okay. You okay, bud? Boop. You know, like that type of thing. (laughs) And he, he does that, and, and you have to try not to lose all your stuff right there. So Robert, I, you're a booper. I am a booper. My favorite thing to do to Chris was he was a he, he, fantastic wrestler, fantastic baby face, but my favorite thing to do, he already hit on it, was kind of take him out of that headspace a little bit. So referees, one of our duties is to check guys before the matches. So you check their legs, you check their knee pads, you check their elbow pads, make sure there's no foreign objects, everything's good to go. And maybe sometimes I would check a, a little – uh, a little below the belt on Chris and get a little giggle out of him. And now I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Did you, give it, you hit him with the credit card? <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't swiping anything. I was just making sure he tap. had a little air under those things. You know what I mean? <laughs> just a, a little tap. A little tap. All right. With yeah. that said, for the first time in a long time, we play the movie game in person with three players. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. It's time for some kind of movie game. All right, all right, all right. With Josh Graham and Darren Vaught. Show me the money. All right, we got the Rotten Tomatoes movie game you guys have all played, but if the people listening right now have never heard before, it's a fun game. The guys here are going to try to guess the audience score for the Rotten Tomatoes website. Uh, The closer they get, the better. It is golf score style, so you want to have the lower score to win. If they get the score on the nose, it will be five points deducted from their overall score, and if after... Three movies, We someone is within 10 points of the leader. We will go to a final golden movie. Everybody understands the rules. We are at ACC kickoff. We got it. Uh, so since you guys are spending a lot of time in a hotel, I figured I would theme today off movies that happen in hotels. And to start off, I've got the Bill Murray, Scarlett Johansson <laughs> classic, Lost in Translation. Ooh. We have a, I think this past week was an anniversary for that movie. 20... 21 years old, lost in translation. It can drink if that now. movie came out in 2021, how <laughs> how uncomfortable would it be if that movie came out today, Darren? Would it be more uncomfortable? Probably. I don't know. I think it's aged. I've never seen it. Lost in translation. Adequately. A yeah. very young Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray from 20, 21 years ago. Now, like, Bill's aged. Yeah, Bill is age. Since it came out. So it would the disparity in age would seem greater right. if it came out now. But right. I, I don't know. People are cool with a lot. I see that we've all written scores down. What you got, Josh? I think I'll go first. I got 84 written down. Okay. Ooh. Chris Lee? I put 80%. 80%. I, like Josh, have 84 Oh, we got the same score written down. Robert, what is the score for Lost in Translation? Lost in Translation. You guys are really close. It comes in at 85. Oh. oh 
this right. is going to be a All really right. close yeah, game. Yeah, no, this is good. Because good if we're in between 10 with each other, even just one of us, it goes to the third and final movie and everybody still gets to play along. What's the second movie? We could not have a hotel-themed movie game without bringing up possibly the best hotel movie of all time. Second movie is The Shining. Yeah, oh. I knew this one was coming. You had to. There's only oh. a couple. There's only so many hotel movies, right? Like, all play and no work makes Robbie a dull boy. Or the ex- uh, the opposite of that, actually. Y'all just <laughs> At the risk of everybody looking at me here on press row or on radio row and being right behind Devin Leary doing an interview on ACC Network, I'm not going to do the here's Johnny. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do, do, do that. Do it. Do here's it. Here's Johnny. Who's Donnie? <laughs> like he's like Donnie. Like he's a, in, I heard uh, a D. Big <laughs> I'm scared about this one. Are you? I'm scared because I feel like they veer younger, the Rotten Tomatoes voters on these things. So I got my score written down. You guys have yours down as yes, well? Sir. I All got right. It. I'll get us started. 87%. Stop, Josh. 87% Stop. is what I got written down. Josh, I'll jump in, Chris. Josh and I have the exact same score Again. for the first two movies. <laughs> you can't, like... And I'm so we, close to you guys. What are we doing? 92%. Yeah, see, I was I had, I think I had 91 written down. I crossed it out and went 87. Any closer, Chris? Robert Walsh. And you would be in negative points right now. The Shining comes in at 93. This might be Ooh. the lowest scoring movie game after two movies that I have ever hosted. After two yeah. movies, Chris, you are in the lead with six points. Josh and Darren are tied one point behind with seven points apiece going into wow. our third so, movie. This is, this is wild. The tension this is, is an unbelievable hey, movie game. Hey. ACC kickoff, last movie, unless we stay close to each other. I got a feeling that you will stay close to each other, especially if you've seen this movie. Uh, Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone 2. Oh! Oh, hit us with the two stolen hoping. credit cards. <laughs> he was hoping for it. I was, I was curious and looked this one up yesterday. <laughs> that's, that's what Chris did, even though we learned <laughs> ten minutes ago he was playing this game. <laughs> it's the only one of the three I've seen. Home Alone. You really? haven't seen The Shining? No. Wow. No. It's huh. the, it still holds up. Yeah. I, I, well, for a second there. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified there, Josh. I thought, Chris, you meant it was the only one of the Home Alones you had seen. <laughs> because there is a third that does not include Macaulay Culkin. I don't count that. I've seen that one. Yeah. I've seen the first Home Alone. Apparently there's like a fourth somewhere. Is there? I haven't seen I, that I one. I don't acknowledge it. I think they should bring Macaulay back. He's just like an inept adult who's living <laughs> in his parents' his home. His eyes are so sunken clueless. in. I heard he auditioned for the Skeletor role and got turned down. <laughs> oh, is that right? Do you <laughs> anyway. guys have a score written down for Home Alone 2? I, I, I do. I've got 72% written down. All right, well, we don't have the same thing this time. That's good. I put 81. I've got 89. He's ooh, going ooh, high ooh, again. Ooh. He's going high again. Is he right, Robert? Is Chris movie. in the right direction? Home Alone comes in at 61. Let's go! But... <laughs> Darren, it's not enough for me to win, is Darren it? Darren sits at 27. Josh sits 
at 18. That means oh, we're going to a one. golden movie. We're within 10. Okay, mm. but how far behind is Chris? Because now you have to do the calculus. If you're Chris, you take a big swing hoping that something's really good or really bad because that's what you have to do to try to win the game by whatever deficit you're off by. Where's where's he at? How many points is he off? All right, Chris is in third with 34. Darren is in second with 27. And Josh is in first with 18. So you trailed right, so you Darren make, by seven points. You take a home run cut here, Chris. Yeah, you could, you you could go for the 16 nose. 16 points. Yeah, you could go for the nose yeah. here. And I got a feeling, Chris, yeah. the luck is not on your side because if you didn't see those other movies, yeah, I doubt you've seen this one. Another Bill Murray classic. <laughs> Josh loves Wes Anderson. Grand Budapest Hotel. Grand Budapest Ooh. Hotel is great. I know Darren loves that movie too. Yeah, this is this is. I mean, I don't. Oh, you want to do your best Owen Wilson impression? Well, it's the two canned lines. It's the limited impressions, right? You do Let's the, hear wow, it. and then it's the big guy. The big guy. <laughs> That's what he always calls Vince Vaughn and everything. <laughs> oh, it's the big guy. The, the big guy. Oh, wow. Says Darren Vaughn. Oh, wow. 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 Oh, wow. All right, and by the way, guys, right, I have to guy. do math now because Excel spreadsheets doesn't work on this golden movie. So after you give me a score, just <laughs> leisurely walk around, <laughs> strut your stuff, you know, because I took you know, one math in college. To, yeah. to quote Christopher Walken, just explore the space. Yeah, what's the, what's the, space? the movie? Um, I need more. I need more cowbell. What's the, what's the movie Owen Wilson was in? Oh, wait, look, I'll wait. I'll Can say we this, do this until we get the scores. We give the oh, scores? Yes, please, please right. give me the scores. I'm going for the win. <laughs> I got 79% written down. Josh. I've got 71. Okay. You have to get it right on the nose to win. I think I already clinched it based on the scores you guys have given. Yeah, I put 78. So we, we were really close in our guesses. This we week. really were. We'll see what the score. Robert, what does the score Actually, first, ask your question, Darren Vaught, that you had about Owen Wilson. <laughs> the Owen Wilson the movie where he is just like a free-spirit adult that finds his old Drill friend. bit Taylor. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, maybe. maybe. Royal in bombs? No, so he's in, he's in a, a job interview, and he's asking about time off, paid time off. And he's like... He asks about one holiday, and he's like, "Man, I, I, I'm scared to even ask about Columbus Day." You're oh, the internship, Marley and me. No, uh, with, with Vince Vaughn, the, the internship. internship. No, because it's it's not a Vaughn movie. It's it. Uh, Marley and me was my first instinct, but that's not it. It is you, um, me, and Dupree. Yes, that yes, is. That's what I was Dupree. thinking. Not Marley and me. Yeah, Dupree, you, me, and, and he's Dupree. going on job interviews, and he's like, "The man discovered the free world." What? what are you? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Why what's, are we having furniture sales score? on that day, by the way? Anyway, <laughs> what's the score for Grand Budapest Hotel? Grand Budapest Hotel comes in at 86. Oh. <laughs> that means Wait, what just happened? Josh that's a won. win 100%. That's why Josh Give me my moment of zen. The only thing wrong with this Josh is uh behind the scenes in radio. Uh too many windows are being used and you don't get any music. So I, I here I will sing your uh, moment of zen music. Boom ba boom boom. I'd like to thank everybody that's come to play, Chris Lee and Darren. And I finished my food. And everybody who's great here, you know. Great to set us up. Cole, 
Amy from the ACC Network, all the coaches, what a week it's been, and that's been my movie, you like me, you really like me, that's been the movie game, thank you fellas for being here today, thank you for having me, what's up Triad, I miss you guys. Yeah, he is a locker room divider. He can be a problem. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. I'm begging. Here at ACC Kickoff, we where we are right in the line of fire, like we've been the last couple of days, as I look at a sign to my left and it says camera one, and camera one's been getting a good look at intern Cole from Elon and myself. And a lot of people have been having fun with photographs and videos. Oh, have they? That I've been getting sent on Twitter and on via text. Wes Durham now sits down. Speaking of mighty Elon. Yeah. It's good to have you on the show. It's good to see you wise up and hire intern Cole. Yes. From uh, mighty Elon. Darren Bott. He's, he's, you know, the university you know, not to college. He's a, he'll be an Elon University graduate. I was an Elon College graduate. But his cost a lot more, so it's all even. So five years from now, we're going to be talking about SEC kickoff with Texas and Oklahoma, ACC kickoff with Notre Dame added to the league. Gosh, you know, you want that Well, round you've already got 16. this sorted out, huh? Uh, yeah, just, you know, apparently, if you read well, Twitter, and okay. the Twitter's never lied, West yeah. Durham. Well, let's let's slow the roll a little bit on Texas and Oklahoma, because <laughs> according to my sources, uh, it has to be an eleven-three vote. They've got to get. Right now, I don't think A and M wants Texas. I think that's a safe bet. I'm not sure Arkansas wants Texas. Missouri. Uh, they're in witness protection. <laughs> Have we heard from Missouri? So I mean, that's three. And I got to imagine Kentucky wouldn't be crazy about it. So, and oh, by the way, at Texas, you know, I'm not trying to tell Chris Del Conte how to do his job, but if you want to get back into relevance, you don't want to go in that league because I'm not going to pick you higher than third in the West. Be honest, right? Yeah. I mean, let's let's call it what it is. This is going to get really interesting because the NCAA has kind of rescinded their whole authority on this, right? I mean, Mark Emmerich now said, hey, we've been doing it wrong for years. Apologize. We'll get back to you with some new thoughts. Jim Phillips calls for a holistic review of the NCAA. So the great goal rush in college athletics is on again. And, and Josh, it was going to happen at some point. It just so happens that some, somebody connected to the University of Texas, whether a booster or whatever, has decided to say, well, you know, we're reaching out to the SEC, and so is Oklahoma. What did you learn about Jim Phillips this week? First press conference, and whenever you're on a stage that long, kind of like doing three or four hours of radio sure. a day, you, you can't really hide who you are. Yeah. And is there anything well, you think you extrapolated from this week? I, I just think he's really, really good. I, I think he's off to a great start. I think the most impressive thing to me is he went and spent time at every institution and tried to learn their culture, learn their process, I, I think the biggest benefit right here in the first 100 days of his administration or so has been the fact that Jim Phillips has uh, previous relationships with just about every athletic director in the ACC. 
And I think the world of where the ADs are right now in this league. I think we've got the best combination and grouping of athletic directors this conference has ever seen right now, top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are a lot of really good voices in the room, and I'm excited for Nina King to take over in a couple of weeks at Duke for Dr. White, and, and we'll be off and running with the new world of college athletics, and there'll be a lot of work to do because there's going to be a lot more coming down the pipe. We, we don't have our arms yet around name, image, and likeness as much as everybody thinks we do. We need some federal legislation there, and he said all that yesterday, and I think that's really important. Speaking of the ADs, a lot of Notre Dame ties. Nina King, Boo Corrigan, Bubba Cunningham, Jim Phillips himself. Seems like a coincidence. Well, look, let's be honest. That's going to be out there until we get to some point where Notre Dame says something. How high up on the agenda do you think that is for well, Jim? Well, actually, I think let's let's skip that race. I think college football playoff is going to determine it more than anything else. If the college football playoff goes from 12 to 8, then I think Notre Dame has more, much more of an aggressive conference membership approach. And I would say that about any school, let alone one. I mean, any school of Notre Dame's ilk, BYU could fall into that category. I mean, in current landscape of football, if you go to eight, you got to have a different approach because there's no guarantee that, you know, you go 11 and one, you're going to get in if you go to eight. And I know it looks good on paper, but the other thing, too, is Notre Dame, the business side of Notre Dame, they made more money last year in television than they've ever made. And the NBC deal, everybody keeps going back to the NBC deal. That deal's not all it's cracked up to be, Josh. Yeah, this isn't 1999 anymore in terms of TV yeah, networks I mean, and TV money. Let me tell you something. Remember now, NBC started exercising little unique clauses where, you know, Notre Dame was appearing on NBC SN couple times last year well now it's going to be on usa Mm. so you know let's let's don't get it all blown out of proportion but no don't get me wrong too i think notre dame's critical i think that's something you got to do we got west durham here acc network next week you're going to be breaking the news of who's the acc preseason favorites or the preseason poll do i have that correct yeah i guess probably monday or tuesday you never know you never know. Packer and Durham things. show changes every day. What's your ballot look like? Uh, well, let's see. I'm going to go with Clemson in the Atlantic. You know, I, I think I might too. <laughs> so I'll go Clemson in the Atlantic. I'm going to pick NC State second, Boston College third, um, only because I think NC State's schedule is a little more workable than BC's. Um, in the Coastal, I'm going to pick Carolina. I am going to pick Miami second, but I wasn't when I drove here Sunday night. Really? No. I was going to pick Pitt second. I've got Pitt to win the league. You or got, not, not the league. The, the division? Yeah. you got Pitt to win the division. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those deals where the Coastal, we know what it is. Coastal's going to Coastal. Seven of the last ten times there's been a Coastal division. The media's got it wrong trying to guess what it is. And when it comes down to it, if it's a tiebreaker – that game is at Pitt, North Carolina. At Pitt sure, and on a Thursday the Miami night. Carolina games in Chapel Hill. That's that's so, going to be key too. Yeah, I, look, I think there's all sorts of differentials in this. The the curious part for me is going to be how does it all transition, Josh? And, and the reality is, I'm going to go Carolina, Miami, Pittsburgh. Um, I kind of got Virginia Tech and a Virginia Tech, Virginia together, and then Georgia Tech and Duke. Does Clemson run the table this year? It's funny, we got used to a Trevor Lawrence world, but before Trevor Lawrence, 
Deshaun Watson lost to Pittsburgh at home. Probably should have lost to NC State at home the year yeah. they won the title. They're going to be lost to Syracuse on that yeah, Friday night. And they're going to be, um, they're going to be tested, but they're really good on defense. Because they might not be able to afford an ACC loss if they lose the first game to Georgia, considering there's never been a two-loss sure, playoff. Team. That's true. Yeah, but in, in the reality of the world. That game right there could be played twice. The one on September fourth could be played again in a semifinal. So let's all keep that in mind too. But you know we're we're way ahead of our skis at this point. Nice we work are. by you to project you know out to December. Yeah, we have to do that because that That's big game is why, right down the road. That's why they pay here. you the money to do the show. Big time. Yeah. Here in the triad, tell me some good triad stories when you're visiting spots in Burlington, and we have great listenership in Burlington. My brother and I... Also Dewey's and Winston-Salem. Can't forget about them. Uh, at the end of the day, at one point over two days, we had nine bets going, and at the end, $5 American was exchanged. <laughs> so that's that. Um, <laughs> I've been to Topsail Island for two days for the first time in 35 years with my best friend from high school and had a wonderful experience at Topsail Island. And look forward to going back. I really, really like Topsail. If they had a golf course, I'd like it more. <laughs> um, so no, it's all good. It's been um, it's been a nice week in, uh, in eleven days. Today's my eleventh day in the state of North Carolina. It's the longest I've spent here in a long time, and it's been fun to be back. And I don't know, folks. Stay tuned. You never know. Old boy may show up in the basement again soon. How is Pat? Doing okay. Obviously tested positive for the Delta variant, and hates to miss this event. Loves a room like this. Um, What's been the highlight in the room this week? Um, E.J. Manuel instigating clothing arguments with Eric McClain and Jordan Cornette. Oh, goodness. Because they, they criticize each other's clothes, and only one of those three guys was a first-round pick with long enough bread to get his own clothes. <laughs> and it wasn't Cornette, and it wasn't McClain. <laughs> you know, so it's been fun. And you know what's been great for us to be back together again as a network? Our, our people, we have not been together since March of 2020. And never been at this event yeah. because the network launched after kickoff right, in 19. 19. Yeah, so it's been fun to be here. It's yeah. been fun and, and looking forward to you know being back here again in basketball too. Oh, before, so. before we let you go, you know how the talk season works. Sure. Usually in the summer, things are slower. We kind of have these topics that we recycle. And I'm trying to figure out for 2022, what's the recyclable topics? Because my I had three on my list for the last decade. It was who's going to replace Coach K, <laughs> who's going to replace Roy Williams, and are athletes going to get paid in college sports? Maybe is Pete Rose – do people still care if Pete Rose is going to get in the Hall of Fame? Steroids uh, in baseball? I don't know that. It's a good question, though. Yeah, I need I need recycle. You got to work on more of that. Yeah, I think we might. Good West, to see you guys. It's just good to see you in person. Robert, hello. We'll and goodbye. Soon. Appreciate you coming on, man. There goes West Durham, kind enough to join us. Some call him the mayor of the ACC. I just call him a fighting Christian of Elon. See, Cole, he can't say that. He, he is an Elon Phoenix to his core, to his bones, down to his plums. That sounded weird. Darren Vaught also. And Elon Phoenix as well. Appreciate that, West Durham, for spending the time with us. As always, we got Scott Satterfield later on this hour. We hope you stick with us. ACC kickoff from Charlotte.